Amen. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he says, Christ is in you. And this is actually a secret (laughs) that he's revealing to his people. Christ in you. I know you might have known it for some time, but according to the word of God, it was a secret kept until the day and age that we're walking in right now. In Colossians 1, 26 and 27, it says, This message was kept a secret for centuries and for generations past, but is now revealed to God's people. Because God wanted them to know the riches and the glory of Christ, that they are for us Gentiles. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you and gives you the assurance of sharing in his glory. Christ lives in you. So, you know, I always um, intend to always only preach the inspired word of God, meaning like what God is speaking to me about currently. And uh, recently I had a word um, given to me by Brother Don. He's not here today. He had to attend a family event. But, um, and it was during our 10 days of glory, and he spoke over me, and he said, you're going to come into something new. He said, you're going to start preaching out of revelation. Well, um, I somewhat intend to always do that, but this is something new. He said, he said God's going to begin giving you encounters with him, and you're going to preach from that place and bring revelation to God's people, and it's going to be alive. And that's exactly what this is today. Amen. So, um, last Friday, not last Friday, the Friday before that, um, the Lord gave me an awesome opportunity to um, preach to Pakistan. A young man, he's 24, his name's Asif, and he's probably going to watch eventually the service because he watches every one of our services. He's been watching revival for over a year from Pakistan. And um, just because he's hungry for the Lord, he typed in revival and found us. And so he's been watching Passion Church and Revival Services for over a year and um, reached out to me a couple weeks ago and asked if I would preach one of his services because he does house to house every day. And then on Fridays, he does um, community gatherings where he preaches the word. And um, I was like, well, he said on Zoom. I was like, well, what's that going to (laughs) hurt? I don't have to physically go there and be in danger or anything, you know, and so I said yes, and praise the Lord, the first service that we had, over 100 first-time salvations happened, over 35 people baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he said, <clears throat> I don't remember the number of people that received deliverance in that service. It's Jesus' work. He's the one who has to watch over his word to perform it. We just have to yield ourselves as vessels so that he can minister through us. Amen? Nothing's ever going to happen if you don't set your hand to something anyway so he he does a testimony service after and does and finds out the details of what happened so i'm telling you that to say this i was here after recording that zoom meeting and doing that live meeting and it was a blessing that was brought tears to my eyes to see all the people that are there in such rough conditions but so hungry for god so hungry for god and just amazing but I was just sitting here because I had music on, kind of like what's playing right now, and I was just soaking, and I decided I'm going to pray here for a while since nobody's around. It's really peaceful. 
So I'm, I just laid on the floor. I just started praying, started worshiping God, and his presence was here real strong. I got a little uncomfortable, so I flipped myself over, and then I'm laying on my back. And I just start praying, and all of a sudden, the atmosphere of the room changed. And I don't know if you can sense that when you're worshiping the Lord, and all of a sudden, the room gets charged with God's presence. The Lord has taught me that's when Jesus walks into the room. Amen. He's shown me several times, gave me several confirmations. That's when he walks into the room, the King of Kings. He inhabits the praises of his people. And anyways, I, I felt the presence of God come into the room, and I just started, thank you, Jesus, worship you, Jesus. Suddenly, the Lord opened my eyes. Now, this is last Friday, not this Friday, but last. Just worship you and praise you. And all of a sudden, I saw him walking down this aisle here in a vision. Um, not open vision like I see you. There's different levels of visions. But I'm laying flat on my back, but yet I'm seeing with my spiritual eyes him coming towards me. And I was just like, oh boy, don't get up, Jenny. Don't be afraid. <laughs> because it's a new experience, you know. And so he starts coming towards me. And he gets down and he washes my feet. He crouches down, washes my feet. And he said, um, receive ye the power of the Spirit. And I am like, I receive, Lord. Who am I to have you wash my feet? But he washed the disciples' feet, but so, okay, you know, I, that's in the Word, so okay. But he was doing that to prepare them for the work of the ministry that he had for them before he went away. And then something so unique and different happened. And none of this is to share that a pat on my back. This is simply so that you can receive revelation of what I'm about to teach here, okay? Jesus turned around. What happened is so, so different to me. He turned around and he laid his body down into mine. And I was like, did that really just happen? And the scriptures started coming up out of my spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In him we live and we move and we have our being. I don't think that the body of Christ has a full revelation, and I'm just getting it. I'll be honest, like it's come so much greater than ever before because of this experience. We need a revelation of what actually takes place when Jesus comes into our heart and life. We become not our own body. We become not our own vessel to do with what we want to do, what we want to, you know, what feels good to us in our flesh. Our lives are no longer our own. When we give our lives to Christ Jesus, we're receiving the price he paid upon the cross. We're welcoming him to lay down into us. Christ in you, the hope of glory for this world to see, for this world to know. But when we yield to self and we yield to, to lust of the flesh and we entertain what, what we feel good about or what we want to do rather than living for him, dying for him, what pleases him. We don't make room for him. We don't allow him to live and move and have his being. See, our lives were never intended, the moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, they were never intended to be our own. 
agenda. No, he gives us things to enjoy. He gives us our families. He gives us, uh, you know, jobs. And, and he gives us um, things. Each personality likes something different, whether it's basketball or whether it's, you know, skateboarding or whether it's um, going out for coffee. You know, every personality likes different things. But it's never supposed to consume your life to where it causes you to be distracted to say, no, Jesus, I don't want to do that today. Because Christ, the only way he can live in this world is by in and through his vessels. He said it was going to be better that he goes away to the Father because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And no longer will he just be with you, but he will be in you. And he'll be able to live and move and have his being wherever you go, I go. But when we're not yielded to God, when we don't allow him the room we allow that to be taken up by lust of the flesh, entertainment, personal decisions. He really can't live in and through you. Even though he's there, he doesn't have full, complete permission. I think the body of Christ needs a revelation that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he lays down into you. He wants to live and move and have your being as his own. 1 John 4, 13 through 15. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Um, moving on to the, towards the end of the scripture, it says, All who declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. When I asked you who here is a child of God and you all raised your hand, most of you, you know, you raised your hand. But so it, by saying that, you're saying this. All who declare Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you have God living in you. You are a God-shaped vessel, and he fits perfectly in you. That is if you don't let other things fill you other than him. You know, sometimes people might think that God's a respecter of persons because the power of God's flowing through one and not flowing through another. The only difference is, is one is yielding more to him and giving him more room to work and the other one has their lives filled with every other thing except for him. They simply have just received him into their heart as if he's just filling this little hole in your heart. But no, he wants to consume all of you. He wants to walk this earth like he walked this earth. He wants to lay hands on the sick like he lay hands on the sick. He wants to set people free wherever you go. He wants to go with you. This was the plan of God. When we accept Jesus Christ, the reason he says the old life is gone and a new life has begun is because life as you knew it is no longer yours to live, but it's Christ's living in you. It's no longer what we want, what Jenny wants. It's what do you want today, Lord? What do you want to do? How do you want me to spend my time? I don't, even if you have children at home, I've been there all summer. <laughs> Lord, how do you want me to balance my time where is my time with you because I so long to be with him but I know I have assignments here on earth to be with my children Lord where's my time with you and I let him show me 
The old life is gone, life as you knew it, it's no longer about you. It's about him and what he wants to do. His plan was to live in and through his body. But many don't realize or truly understand he's not able to do what he longs to do through his body if we don't make room. If we don't yield to him. He's not able to show forth his glory, his power, the way he wants to through his church. 110% his glory, his power of his spirit was for all his people. Every single one of them. I will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That was his plan. But only the ones who yield to him only the ones who allow him room will live and move and have their being in Christ, letting Christ's glory shine through them. And it can look different. You know, you don't have to have a platform. You have a platform every single day as you go off to work, as you grocery shop. And I'm not saying every single person you meet, you have to lay hands on. If Christ shows you to do it, that means they're ready. Then you want to be obedient. Amen. So then this, um, this Friday, I thought I had told him, you know, and, and this, I'm showing you my flesh. I'm showing you my heart on my sleeve, okay? So he asked me, and I was, it was good, and, and I had this experience with the Lord, and, and I'm excited about it. <laughs> and I go to some meetings, and God totally confirms my experience this was amazing really really fast fast forward version I went to some meetings um, basically get called up in an altar call and like targeted by the Holy Spirit basically and this this prophetess lady who I know is operating in the presence and the glory of God she lays hands on me I go out under the power of God which I don't typically do unless it's really there I was told it was just like and she kneels down by me and she could just prophesy anything to me that she wants, right? She could yield to the Holy Spirit and she could be prophesying about my family or whatever. But no, she says to me over and over and lays hands on me, she says, Christ in you. Christ is in you. He's in you. She could have said anything. But she said the one thing that the enemy was trying to steal that experience from me. And she said, sometimes you'll feel it greater than other times, but she said, he's in you. And then she walked away and I was like, that was not a coincidence. God is saying something here. Anyways, so after these meetings, I get this opportunity. Again, I had told this young man in Pakistan, it's a lot to, to come up with a message and keep preaching, just saying. But the Lord had had me have this experience and, and for this purpose as the Son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. There's a whole purpose. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you and he, he anoints you to do what? To minister. So God's saying, my spirit, I'm giving you the power of my spirit. I'm going to go lay down into you. And it's for a reason. And, and so the Lord's having me chew on that all week. And then this man, young man reaches out to me again and I had told him in my, in my own flesh I'm, like I'm telling you um, oh that was awesome that was so easy, you know, this and that I didn't tell him this but this is what my thoughts were I thought I could do that like once a month 
surely once a month who can't minister once a month and I have these experiences with the Lord and then all of a sudden he reaches out for the next Friday (laughs) and I was just like well you know I told you you know I could probably commit to once or twice a month and man the Holy Spirit got all over me and he said Christ is in you the hope of glory for this purpose was the son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the, all these scriptures started downloading in me like the whole purpose of the anointing is to be able to give it away it's not for me to to enjoy because guess what most of the time when I'm going my day-to-day business I feel like me but when you step into what God wants you to do, whether it's in the supermarket, whether it's in the park, whether it's at work, or whether it's in a pulpit or on a Zoom meeting, the Spirit of God will come upon you and anoint you to minister to those people. So he reaches out. He's like, sister, you, you preach again this Friday? And I was like, well. And the Holy Spirit got all over me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do this Friday. <laughs> I did it again. Now, this next week I can't do, but he's like, Sister, midnight your time is Sunday morning our time. You preach midnight this Saturday night. I didn't even tell my mom. We're, we're going to a prayer conference, and that's our last night there. And the Lord had already dealt with me that when he opens a door, it's because he wants to manifest his glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory for the world to see. And I'm like, you're doing such a good job on your own. I mean, you've been one year, you've got this audience, you've got you've got these people and and you know, he does these services once a week, 200 people and once a month is 1000, 2000 people. I'm like, you're doing such a great job. What do you need me for? He said, sister, you and I working together, Christ Jesus works and he draws the people in and they get healed and delivered and set free. And I was like, okay, Christ in me. It's not for me. It's for them. And uh, so I'm in the grocery store parking lot and he calls on Facebook Messenger and I, he says, sister, this, this Saturday night, midnight, your time, 10 a.m. our time, church service. There's a little bit of a communication, you know, understand, like his English is broken up a little bit, but he's like two to 3,000 people. You have to do it. I said, yes, I do. <laughs> I said, you're going to have to remind me though so I don't like go to sleep and then, oh no, <laughs> I'm supposed to be on Zoom. It's just because I'm willing to let him live and move and have my being. We all need things broken off us. We all need things that, whether that's like me, mindset, oh yeah, I could do once a month. You know, restrictions on what God really wants to do in and through you. You know, our mindset a lot of times does that. And the Lord just breaking us of those things. 1 Corinthians 3.16, he says, don't you realize that you are God's temple and that the spirit of God lives in you? The Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you and He wants to quicken your mortal body so that you can be a minister of the gospel of Christ Jesus and show forth the glory and the power of God to a world that is lost and hurting. 
suddenly just such a boldness. And I think I felt pretty bold before when I stepped into the anointing, but such a boldness on my day-to-day, like Christ lives in me. And it's not I who does the work, but it's him by the power of his spirit. So if he shows you anything, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's showing you because you've caught the power. You're not trying to earn a new spirit. You're not trying to earn a new life. But you should be laying down your purpose, your life, and what you want so that his life can live in and through you. It's giving him room, giving him permission to work. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 19 and 20, he says it again. Don't you realize? This is something we have to awaken to. We have to realize. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Jesus, by his Spirit, lives in you and was given to you by God. Now that you've given your heart and life to him, your lives You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so now you must. It's an absolute. You give your life to him. If you're somebody, and I believe our church is people that are hungry and thirsty to walk in the supernatural. If you're somebody that says, I want to walk like Jesus walked. I want to be a manifest child of God. I want to see miracles, signs, and wonders like he prophesied. You're going to have to make room for him. And you're going to have to say, my life is not my own. Christ lives in and through me. So I'm going to have to allow him to do that when he asks me to spend time with him or when he asks me to pray for someone or when he asks me to preach the gospel when it's inconvenient, when he asks me to do something, my answer to him is yes. Why? Because he said, you must honor God with your body. A new sacrifice was made in me when I realized I can't just make up my own decisions because if I want Christ to live in and through me, then I'm going to have to make room and that's going to mean that Jenny's going to have to get out of the way so that he can have his way. Amen? Let's turn to Romans. Romans 6. verse 4 for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father now we also live new lives it wasn't just a yeah I received Jesus and what he did for me and now I'm going to heaven it was a I'm going to lay down my life and what I think it should look like for whatever he asks of me. 
if he's asking me to spend more time with him than I have been, if he's asking me to shine my light brighter because I've been hiding under a bushel, if he's asking me to walk in love towards my spouse, whatever it is he's asking of me to do, if I want him to live in and through me, then I'm going to have to yield my life to him because when I gave my heart to Jesus, I was buried with him and I rose again with him to a new kind of life with him living in and through me. I've quoted it a few times. Acts 17, 28. In him we live and we move and we have our being. What does that mean? It means you're living and moving and you're doing what pleases God. If your thought life tries to go off and, and, and stray off into to an arena that is pleasing to the enemy, you better be sure to cast down those thoughts and imaginations because what he's trying to do is get that rope tied to you again to hold you back. To allow him to live and move and have my being would be to allow him to spend time with the Father through me. To allow him to open my mouth and speak the gospel and plant a seed in someone's heart. Or to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. See, you might have been hungering and thirsting and soaking and come to, coming to 10 days of glory and just getting filled up with God. And you might be spending all kinds of hours, I don't know, personally, with the Lord and God's just revealing all this stuff to you. And that's great. Revelation is great. But when are you going to use it? Because the whole purpose of God filling you with his glory is so that you'll walk with it and minister with it. Because when I had this hesitancy on my, in my heart to do another one and then do one on, I couldn't, I said, I can't do Friday. He's like, okay, then you do Sunday morning, midnight, your time. I'm going to be in a hotel. How can I say no? It's either sleep or minister the gospel. Okay, I'll minister the gospel. <laughs> But the Lord put this check on the inside of me. Are you going to let me live or are you going to let you live? Because if I want what I've been saying and preaching that I want, then I'm going to have to lay down some things and that's my agenda. That's my mindset of thinking I don't have time. Make room. Because he says, if you'll seek me first, I will add all these things unto you. He'll give you time. He'll give you grace and strength. We just have to have the right mindset that we're going to do what he wants us to do. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man, and we all raised our hand, if any man be in Christ, you're a new creature. Got a new life. Old things, the old way, the old you, I'm not just talking about your sin. I'm talking about your agenda, your plans, your purpose, what you think you want to do. All that psh, passed away. It got buried. And you step into a new life. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. The Word of God says that many are the plans of a man's heart. We think we can do it all. We think we will, you know, and there might be some great strategic plans for success for growing a church or, or being a, a great businessman or, or whatever. Great ministry. It says many are the plans of a man's heart, but unless it's what the Father's doing, unless it's what G, you see Jesus doing, only then will it prevail. For it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. 
We need a purpose in our heart. I'm only going to do what I see the Father doing. I'm only going to say what I hear the Father saying. And the only way you're going to know that is if you're putting your flesh down and you're spending time with Him in prayer to where you can hear His voice and see what it is He's showing you. If your life is too busy, you're not spending time in prayer, and you're not spending time seeking Him and hearing His voice, you're going to have a hard time letting Him lead and guide you. We can fill our lives with so many things. We can become so busy even doing the Lord's work. But if he never asked you to do that thing, you could be neglecting the very thing that would prevail in your and the people you touch as life. I remember a story about Kenneth Copeland. I mean, awesome man of God, doing all kinds of stuff for the Lord. And the Lord came to him. I don't remember what it is he asked of him. But I just remember his response. He's like, Lord. The Lord came to him and asked him to do something for him. He's like, Lord, I don't have any time. I've got the 700 Club from here to here. I've got this from here to here. And I've got this from here to here. I mean, I want to do what you're asking me to do, but where's my time? And the Lord said, I never asked you to do any of that stuff. Whoa. We can be so busy doing what we think is the Lord's work, but it might not even be our assignment. And then you wouldn't be available when that door opens because you're not doing what you should have been doing. So he died to the flesh, laid down some things to become available for what God had for him. Christ in him. God wanted to do something through him, but he needed to make himself available to him. The more we put our flesh down, the more we resist temptation to do what our flesh wants to do, the more we make room for Jesus to live in and through and show forth his glory. That really is a huge revelation. He says, this is the secret it was hidden for generations. Christ lives in you, the hope of glory. Christ lives in you, and he wants to share forth his glory by the power of his spirit through you. But you have to make room. You have to realize your life is not your own. The more you make decisions to say, okay, God's asking me to do this thing. But he didn't ask me to, to, to do that thing. He didn't ask me, and the Lord told me a while back, like, I said, Lord, where am I, where am I hindering you? Where, where am I putting a top on you? And the Lord told me, pointless agenda. I could feel a woman can fill her day with all kinds of, I'll say play dates for those who are young mothers, uh, coffee dates, um, you have to clean the house for the type A people. If he's calling you to worship him for an hour, worship him for an hour. If he's calling you to get into the word, get into the word because he has a word for you that he wants to reveal to you so that you can be used by him. We need to stop thinking in our mindset that we have to accomplish the way we want it accomplished. And we gotta yield to him 
so that his plan and purpose can prevail. Romans 8, 11 through 13 says, The Spirit of God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you life to your mortal bodies by that same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you no longer are obligated to do what your sinful nature or your flesh craves. For now, you should live by the Spirit. If you live through the power of the Spirit, you're actually putting to death the deeds of your sinful nature, and you will live. It's a choice you have to make. Am I going to live for self? Self-will? Self-pleasure? Or for sin, even? Or am I going to live and make room for him to live in and through me? Am I going to live to please God? He lives in us. He wants to shine forth in and through us. And it's not going to be done to the best, you know, it's not going to be done to the greatest extent that he wants to live in and through us. The way Jesus walked this earth is how he wants us walking this earth. It is. And it's not his fault if we don't. Whose fault is it? Are we making room for him? Are we really dying to self to be raised again to this new life in him? Let's turn to John 17. John 17, 20 through 24. He says, I'm praying now, not only for these disciples, so he's with his disciples, and Jesus is praying. And he's like, I'm not just praying for these disciples, but all the ones to come, but all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, the Father and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I know it sounds a little bit like a tongue twister, but basically he was saying when he walked this earth, the Father was in him. Now he's going to the Father, and now he and the Father via the Holy Spirit will live in and through you. I have given them my glory. Jesus is talking to the Father. I have given them my glory that you gave me so that we may be one as you and I are one. I am in them. He's talking to the Father. I'm in them. And you are in me. May they experience such a perfect unity in this world so that they will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can have all the glory that you gave me because you love me even before the world began. He wants us to share in his glory, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He wants us to share and experience the oneness of that Christ is actually living in and through us and the Father's in Christ. So that means we've got the Father, we've got Jesus, We've got the Holy Spirit living in through you. No wonder why greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, that no weapon formed against us can prosper. There's no devil in hell that has bound any person 
that can stand in the presence of Jesus when you're standing in front of them. When I laid hands on that young lady, it wasn't I laying hands on that lady. Jesus showed me himself walking over and laying hands on her. So what did I do? I did what I saw him doing. And then he says, it's not I, not me, not I who does the work, but Christ in me. He does the work. And he brings the Father glory. I believe to be manifest children of God, we need to have a revelation of the true exchange that took place when we accepted Jesus Christ into our heart and life. That we laid down our life to find his life and walk in him and dwell with him. Amen? That's what he wants. He wants to walk in us and dwell in us. John 14, 10 through 14. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak are not my own, but it's the Father who lives in me. He does the work through me. So just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth. Anyone, this is good. This is so good. This is the revelation that you need to walk in the greater works. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works. Why? Because I'm going to the Father. You can ask at that point, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Why? So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything and I will do it. Why? Because he's living in you. His power is living in you. His glory wants to shine in and through you. The way they're going to know you're his follower is you're going to do even greater works. They're not going to see those greater works unless you get a revelation of the fact that your life is not your own. Christ is living in you and through you. It kind of just... kind of just demolishes our selfishness and demolishes our uh, insecurities of thinking, you know, who are we? We're nobody. I could never accomplish anything because it's not you anyways. Just have faith of who he is and the fact that you laid your life down when you accepted him as your Lord and Savior and let him start living in and through you. This is what he's talking about when he says in Matthew 10, 39, he who finds his life will lose it. In other words, he who lives his life for their flesh, you're going to lose your life to pointless agenda like he told me. I seriously, I've been through this. <laughs> I seriously could lose my everyday life and have a whole week gone. And I'm not saying you're pointless, okay? And I'm not saying every coffee appointment is pointless. But if I don't yield myself to do what he's first showing me to do, if I have coffee with you, it's because you are on his agenda. Because he showed me there's something there. He wants you to, to deposit something. He wants to minister or he wants to encourage or whatever. But 
I want to do what he wants me to do. I don't want to fill my day with things that I think are good or, or the ministry when it, it's not going to produce fruit for the kingdom of heaven. I want to fill it with whatever he shows me the Father's doing. Why? Because it's not my life and he wants to live through me and so whatever he wants to do, I should want to do. Whoever finds their life will lose it, but whoever will lose their life and say, Lord, have your way. It doesn't mean he's gonna take all the fun out of your life. It's actually gonna get more exciting. Lord, have your way. I wanna lose my life. I lay it down before you. And I wanna find and I wanna walk in the life that you intended. I want to be, I want to make room for you. I don't want any pointless agenda or things you hadn't assigned me to do to fill my time when you're really wanting to do something else. Lord, I want to walk in the fullness. I'm telling you my prayers, my heart. Lord, I want to walk in the fullness of what you have for me, not what I have for me. And Lord, whatever that looks like, I ask you to show me, Holy Spirit, show me what the Father's doing today. Holy Spirit, show me what, speak to me what it is he's saying. Because I want to find the real life that you intended for me as your daughter, as your child. For whoever will lose their life for my sake will find life. You're going to find the life he intended for you. Find the life that God has for you where he can live in you and through you. One more passage, 2 Corinthians. Six, 16, 17, 18, he says, this is his plan. I will live in them and walk among them I will be their God and they will be my people so come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them says the Lord don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you I will be your father you will be my sons and my daughters says the Lord Almighty so he's saying it right there. You want Christ to live in and through you? Come out from among the earthly junk. Come out from among the fleshly pleasures. Come out from the sin because that has no place in the vessel of God. If you do, he says, I will live in you. I will walk among you just like he's been revealing himself, just being among us, hanging out. I will be your God and you will be my people. He's declaring his plan for man. Those who receive this revelation will walk like Jesus walked this earth. Not because you're anybody great, but because you're laying your life down for his agenda, for his plan for his purpose. And it's the only one that's going to prevail. It's the only one that's going to bring fulfillment. It's the only one that's not going to consume your time and be pointless agenda. 
can you stand with me? Can you have the worship team back up just to sing, make room as a prayer? Praise you, Jesus. Let the glory of God be revealed through you. Let the glory of God be revealed through you by letting his life live and move and have your being. Just raise your hands. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I surrender to your cause, to your plan, to your purpose. Lord, have your way. I yield my life to you. Lord, I repent for doing things my way, the way my flesh longs for. I repent. I ask you to cleanse me from any unrighteousness, from any pointless agenda. And I ask you to show me what the Father's doing. Speak to me what the Father's saying for my life. Show me, Holy Spirit, how to live and move so that Christ lives in me and through me. Lord, I don't want my agenda. I want your agenda. Lord, I don't want my plans. I want your purpose to prevail. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say in and through my life. Today I die with Christ and I rise with Christ to a new life in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I thank you, Jesus. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, right now. Purge me and fill me right now. In Jesus' name. Let's just sing this song to the Lord as a prayer. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. I will make
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just worship you, Lord. We just praise you, Lord Jesus. We glorify you today. Lord, we just make room for you, Lord. We just welcome you, Holy Spirit. We just say, have your way. Work in us, work through us to will and to do the Father's good pleasure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you'll just seek him first, his will, his plan, his agenda first, he'll make sure to add everything unto you. He'll make sure that you're going to be blessed. Don't think he's going to take anything away by you laying down things that he's asking of you. He's going to add to it. Amen. Hallelujah. We can have a seat. We're going to go ahead and take up this morning.